0: Turn with me in your Bibles the book of Daniel, chapter number 2. We're now in week number 3 of this series called Carousel. I am glad that you are here. And today, today I'm talking about one habit. One habit that can make all the difference in your life. One habit that can change the game. This one habit that I'm going to give you can change your marriage, can change your addictions, can change it all for you. Now let me just say this. How many know that habits sometimes... Sometimes habits are hard to break. H- how many know that sometimes you have habits that you just kind of do them naturally, you don't even think about, right? I, I was, just here's, I'm going to give you a few of my habits that are kind of pet peeves of mine. They're like, they get on my nerves. They kind of grate me a little bit. And some of them people really can't possibly help. The very first one I was with somebody some time ago, and the first one is, is grinding your teeth. And I realized that I was with this person. They were in their other bed, and this guy was over there, and he was just like sleeping. We were on a trip, and he is grinding his teeth in the middle of the night, and it woke me up. You are grinding big time if you wake me up. I wanted literally to grab a pillow, and in the name of Jesus Christ, just whack him over the head and say, quit that. I resisted that temptation, and I just said, you know what? I'm not going to sleep much tonight. He was grinding. Here's another one. When you pull up beside somebody at the stoplight and you look over at them and they are picking their nose. Picking their nose. Do not do that. Please don't do that in public. You may be in your car, but other people see through those windows. And definitely don't take it from your nose to your, no, I even go there. Don't do that. Don't, okay? Uh, another one is reckless abandonment when it comes to chewing the gum. That's thing it just drives me nuts. I mean, like, come on, get control of your mouth. And that gum is just rah rah rah, and you're just going crazy. Have you seen that before? Get on your nerves. I've got a few of those. That, hey, for me, for me, one of the one of the big things that I struggle with is like a little habit. I kind of tend to go toward the desserts over the good stuff. And he, you put it out there, and I was like, this week I felt I I went off the wagon. I mean, I I wasn't exercising because we got to get up really early in the morning. We're here at the church almost midnight every night, and then. We I, And then great ladies in the church bring in wonderful food, but it wasn't always the healthiest of foods. And then they would bring like all of these desserts and put them up in the living room. And that's where we kind of get our food. And my problem was that they brought good food too. They brought like, like uh, tomatoes and carrots and celery and all that stuff. But the problem was they put the desserts right next to that. And guess what won out? Most of the time I had a tendency to go to the desserts instead of that. I knew better. I was reading a book uh, over the past month, it's called the power of habit. And basically, the power of habit explains why we tend to go back to certain ruts, go back to certain habits uh, that are often, sometimes, not good for us. And so here, here's what it is. First off, there's a cue. It's something triggers. So for me, the, the desserts, it triggers salivary glands that simply say, oh, you got to have that. And there's this desire, so it triggers. This cue triggers something, and so I'll begin to head that way. And then the next step is the cycle. The cycle's the routine. It's like putting into action That that's triggered. And so you go and you pick up that dessert and you put it to your mouth. And uh oh, now it started a habit. And so you go back and get another one. And it's just like you got to go more and more. Anybody with me? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you are lying right now. You know exactly what I'm talking about, okay? And, and so I just kept going. And then the third part of that, this power of habit he talks about is the is the carrot, is the reward. And for me, the desserts, the reward is the immediate self gratification. It's the it tastes great. It's wonderful. It's, I love this. Now I know that the that the dessert, I mean the uh, vegetables, the vegetables is better for me. I realize that the cue there is that this is looks good. And it's enticing, and it's going to be better for me for the long run. And if I would just resist that temptation and go to this, that is going to be a habit that can be better for me. And the reward is, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to look better. I'm going to have longer life. All that stuff. But I tend to keep going back to the other pattern. You know what I'm talking about. Let me give you this. In our home, our dogs even have patterns habits okay one of those is we come home from a trip the dogs are where same place every time uh lucy is always they hear the garage door they run up and you can hear them barking before we even get our doors of the cars open but we get out lucy is always right next to the door where the washer room is and she's right there with her nose right down the door And, and then Cass is about five feet behind in the hallway and both of them are wagging their tails and they're ready for the big meet and you open the door, and they just like greet us with love, and they just jump around, spin around, and do their thing. It happens every single time. And then after about five to ten seconds of that, then they take off and run through the kitchen, run out the back sunroom, and they stand at the door, and they start barking. You know what they want to do? They're, they've learned the ritual. They've learned the habit. They've got the cue. They've got the cycle. They've got the carrot. They're going to go outside, and they're going to go potty. That's what happens. Here's what's so funny. If everyone in the house leaves and there's no one in there, you can be gone for like two minutes. You can be there all day and go out for two to five minutes and come back. And guess what? They're doing the same thing. One of the great ones that I have that I watch is that when Shannon starts to make popcorn, the dogs love her popcorn. And so they sit there and just stare at her the whole time she's making popcorn. And she looks at them and I've heard her say, stop looking at me. And then she'll make the popcorn, and then she'll go into her bedroom, and she'll get on the bed. Sometimes the dogs will be allowed up on the bed with her, but when they do, they will sit, like, right at her. I mean, and they'll get as close as they can, and they just look, and they watch every bite. <laughs> Their eyes never get off the popcorn. I came home one day. I came home one day. This is so good. Don't tell Shannon I told you this. Okay. I came home one day, and I'm like, where's Shannon? And I walked in. I could smell the popcorn. I walked in, and I go into the bedroom. And the dogs are on the floor, and she has not allowed them up on the bed, but she has, I saw these pillows. I'm like, it's like a, it's it's like a fortress around her. And she's laying flat with the pillows all around her, eating her popcorn and reading her book. I'm like, what are you doing? She said, I'm hiding from the dogs. I'm like, the dogs can smell the popcorn. And they're down right here. Habits, habits, one habit, one habit. Uh, Let me give you carousel, our series. Carousel is this. Here's the definition. A carousel is a repeating pattern in your life that needs to change. How many know that habits sometimes need to change? There's patterns in your life that need to change. There's things that you're bringing into this room today that needs to change. And habits are patterns that become permanent parts of our life. And they can be very hard to break. They can be very life-controlling. They can be very powerful. And today I'm going to give you one that will help you break those. If it's losing your temper, if it's going back to, you know, just certain patterns on the computer, if it's going back to spending habits, or if it's going back to certain reactions and you kind of lose it and you kind of say the wrong things, or whether it's how you deal with relationships at work. All of us have certain patterns that need to change in our life, and I'm going to give you one that can help break all those patterns. It can set you free. If some of you think, what is that? It's before the Bible was even established, this was in work. Before the church was established, this was being used. Before sin entered the picture, this one habit was being used, or could have been used. Adam and Eve used it. It's called prayer. I want you to write this down, prayer. And here's the definition of prayer. Prayer is conversation with God. And prayer is one habit that can change the game for you. Whatever pattern you have that needs to change, whatever carousel you're getting on that needs to change, this right here can make all the difference if you implement it. I, I was, when Shannon and I moved to Edmond uh, some, many years ago, I, I grew up in the same home from the time I was about six years of age. Uh, and then we moved and we bought a home when we first got married. And Stillwater it was about 900-square-foot home built in the 1960s. When we moved to Edmond, we had a relatively new home, and one time there was the electric went out in the back part of the house, in the, in the uh, closet, in the bathroom, in the back bedroom, and I couldn't figure out why. The breaker seemed to be on, nothing else seemed to be out. I couldn't figure out why the switches wouldn't work, and I had a friend come over who, was, who knows a little bit about electricity, and I asked him about it, and he said, well, have you checked the GFI outlet, and I said, GFI, never heard of such a thing. It was a surge protector thing that happens in newer homes. And so we go back and we begin to look around. And in the closet behind some, cur- behind some uh, clothes, we found the outlet. And he just pushed the red button and something popped. And all of a sudden, the electricity comes back on. And I find that prayer is often like that in our lives. It's there. It's available. It's ready to be pushed. and It's ready to be utilized. But oftentimes, we don't utilize it. And then when we do utilize prayer, Oftentimes we don't see the results that we think we should, and we abandon it and we give up on it. And I want to deal with that. Why is it, why is it that when we pray, we seem to not get off the carousel? Why is it that when we pray, we still seem to go back to the same habits and we we explode on somebody, we, we say the wrong things, we still kind of go back to the same habits? Why is it that we seem to not break the pattern when we do say, God, I need your help? Let me give you a few things that I feel like is so crucial to breaking the patterns through the power of one habit called prayer. Prayer. Daniel chapter number 2. Let's look at this and look at the story of Daniel. Daniel chapter 2 and verse number 10 says this right here. The astrologers replied to the king, no one on earth can tell the king his dream." And no king, however, great or powerful, has ever asked such a thing of the magicians, enchanters, or astrologers. Now, let me give you a backstory on this. What has happened here is that Daniel hears this news. And the news is this. The king has had a dream. And the king goes to his astrologers, his enchanters, his magicians, and says, I want my dream interpreted. And they say to him, king, if you will tell us your dream, we will interpret your dream. Okay, They're being smart. And the king is being smarter because he says these words, no, 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 you tell me what I dreamed and I will believe that you're hearing from God and you can interpret my dream. And they're like, no one can do this. No, they've played this game before. They've been on that carousel. You tell us, we'll make up something and we'll give it to you and it's all okay. You'll believe us, we'll make you feel good. No, no, he's saying, you tell me the dream, then I'll believe that you can hear from God and I'll believe that you can interpret the dream. And Daniel gets word of it because these guys are saying, that's impossible, there's no way, continue on. The king's demand is impossible, they said. No one except the gods can tell you your dream, and they don't live here among people. But Daniel knew otherwise. Daniel knew that God lived in him. Daniel knew that there was a God who was able. Here's the very first thing you must get if you're going to break the pattern and get off the carousel with the one habit called prayer. Number one is this. The first thing is you can't pray prayers that are too small. Oftentimes we stay on this carousel, this merry-go-round because our prayers are too small. you got to pray the impossible prayers. The prayers that really says, God, you're the only one that can do this. And I believe you can do this and put it back into his court to do the miracle. Now, Jesus one time was approached by a man whose son who had been sick for many, many years. He had seizures, and these seizures would take control of him and throw him into the fire and throw him into the water. He comes to Jesus' disciples, and Jesus' disciples couldn't do anything with the man. They tried, but they couldn't. And then finally the man gets to Jesus, and Jesus asks, how long has this been? And he says, since he was a little boy, he's been this way. And the man made a statement. Here's here's the statement he made. He said, would you please have mercy on us and heal him if you can? And here's what Jesus says in response to that request. Jesus says these words, "What do you mean if I can?" Jesus asked. Did you get that? "What do you mean if I can?" And then he says this, "Anything is possible if a person, what? Say it with me. Believe. Anything is possible if a person, say it with me, Believe. believes." Now, how many of you are praying if You can, type prayers. God, if you can, we're praying it with unbelief. God, if you can, do something with my marriage. If you can, do something with my job. If you can, do something with my career. If you can, do something with my health. God, if you can, do something with my kids. God, if you can, do something with my dad. God, if you can, do something. And so we start praying these prayers, God, if you can, those are prayers of unbelief. The prayers of belief that God wants you to pray is, God, I believe you can, and I put it in your ballpark, and I believe nothing's impossible with you because I believe in you. One time there was a prayer prayed by a man in the Old Testament named Jabez. And this is the prayer he prayed. Jabez prayed this prayer. He became famous for his prayer. He says this here. He said, Jabez prayed, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do. Keep me from all trouble and pain. And notice this. And God did what? Granted him his request. We have a gentleman in our church just a few weeks back that had a massive heart attack. In fact, he was having some chest pains. He goes to the Mercy Hospital, he gets to the hospital, then it, it hits. Full blown attack. In fact, the doctor said he would, no way he would have survived if he hadn't have been there, right there when it happened. They kept him on life support for days, but they still didn't give much hope to Teresa. And they said, there's, there's not much hope for this. And even one day after several days in there, she had went home, and she gets a call. She says, we're about to lose him, and that he was dying right then. At the same time, the staff was praying for him. We did not know. She had tried to call us, but we were in prayer. We were praying for him, not knowing that actually he was dying at that moment. By the time she gets back to the hospital, things had turned around. The night before, Shannon and I were there at the hospital. And we prayed for him. We laid hands on him and prayed. Tommy was swollen. He looked, he, he, did not look, he looked like death warmed over. And I remember as we walked out, I looked over at Shannon and I said, man, I don't think he's going to make it. Okay, I just prayed the prayer of faith. And then I walked out saying, I don't think he's going to make it. In other words, if you are in need of a miracle in your life in the hospital dying, don't call pastor. <laughs> That's the point of that. You know, you might. We prayed. We believe it. I'm still feeling like I don't think he's going to make it. The next day after he almost died, it turned around. And within days, he was well. Within the next day, he was up. He went from being on life support, doctor saying you're not going to make it, and then all of a sudden he is doing great. And here he is walking out. Come on, God's good, isn't he? Somebody was praying big prayers. Somebody was believing God. Second thing I want to give you is this. Not only sometimes we don't get off the carousel because our prayers are too small, but secondly because they're too superficial. They're too superficial. Uh, At our house, I've had some foundational problems for some time. And and so uh, there was a little crack on the garage. And so I put some fascia board up to kind of cover that crack and kind of put it all the way around to make it look good. And so I just kind of did that. And no one's ever ever said anything. It looks pretty good. It looks kind of part of the house. But when I called out the foundation people to look at the house, they immediately, all three of them immediately said, hey, you got that up there because you're covering a crack here, don't you? Right? They knew that I was covering up something. And they knew that that was just superficial. And the real issues were down in the foundation that need to be corrected. Oftentimes when people pray, oftentimes when I pray, when you pray, our prayers are Superficial. They're not really getting down to the root issues. They're not really calling out what needs to be called out. They're not really being able to name those things. God wants us to be specific with our prayers. He wants us to identify that thing that it is that is the desire of our heart. What is that thing that you need? What is it about your kids? What is it about your job, your finance? What is it about your parents? What is it about your schooling? What is it that you want? Name that specific thing. Daniel. Daniel gets the word that. The king's going to kill whoever can't, all the leaders if they cannot call out this prayer. I mean, call out this dream and and tell him what he dreamed and and then give interpretation of it. Notice what Daniel does. In chapter number 2 and verse number 17, Then Daniel went home and he told his friends, Hanani, Mishael, and uh, Azariah, what had happened. Those names are actually Shadrach, Meshach, and who? Not a billy goat. A bidney goat. Verse number 18, He urged them to ask God of heaven to show them his mercy, now most of us stop there, but continue on. He prays this, by telling them the secret so that they would not be executed with the otherwise men of Babylon. And notice verse number 19. And that night the secret was revealed to Daniel in a what? Vision, vision. James chapter 4 and verse number 2, notice what it says. You don't have because what you want because you don't ask God for it. Did you get that? I've been praying, even for our kids, she and I've been praying, been praying for their future spouses, okay? When we pray for their spouses, we're praying, God, give them a, someone who loves Jesus, full of the Spirit, wants to just grow in God, hungry for Jesus. You gotta, and I start listing all these things. We want them good looking, we want all those things. We want them full of the Holy Spirit, we want all this, we want them serving Jesus with all their heart. We have this list of some things that we're praying, and then every once in a while I might throw in there, and God, may they make a lot of money, too, so that I don't have to support them. God, just do that, too. I don't want to limit everything. I just want to like. I'm joking. (laughs) Slightly. Notice the rest of this. Verse number three. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. And you want only what will give you pleasure. Are your prayers superficial? God, be with me today. God's saying, I'm with you. I said I would never leave you nor forsake you. I will go with you to the end of the world. Now, come on, make some specific prayers. What do you really want? What's your heart desire? What do you want to see done for the kingdom of God? What do you want to, God's asking you for specific prayers. Thirdly is this, third thing. If you want to get off the carousel, break that pattern. When you pray, your prayers can't be too sporadic. They can't be too sporadic. I I love, I love faithful people. Come on, church, I want you to look at me. I value people that show up week after week that are faithful to church, that are faithful to the house of God. I value that. I appreciate that. I see that in. And, and if you're one that, for whatever reason, maybe because of circumstances, you feel like you can't be faithful. And, and, but I've seen some people, I've seen some people that they're really their issues of being sporadic and faithful church attendance is because they kind of forget about God. And then problems happen, they kind of run back to the house of God. Like, God, I need you. And I think a lot of times our prayers are that way, too. Our prayers are like, "God, I need God now. And so we begin to just pray and pray and pray God. And God's saying, where where have you been? Why why are you just showing up now? And then all of a sudden that prayer is answered. It's alleviated. And all of a sudden you go back to the same sporadic, oh, forgetting God. Stop praying. And God's saying, faithfulness. Faithfulness is what he's looking for. Steady is what he's wanting. Notice what it says here. Daniel chapter 6, there's a declaration that has went out now to not to pray to any other God. And if anyone's caught praying to another God, they're going to be thrown in the lion's den. And notice what it says. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down, say these words with me, as what? In his upstairs room, with his windows open toward heaven, he prayed three times a day, read this with me, just as he had always done. Giving thanks to God. Prayer should be like breathing. God breathed into us the breath of life. And prayer should be like just breathing it out over and over. Wake up in the morning, God, I thank you for this day. Go to bed at night, God, I thank you that you have blessed me today. You protect, you've been there. God, thank you that you've answered my prayer. Thank you that you have, God, throughout the day, God, I just believe that you're going to do the impossible, the miracle here. God, and all day it should be the first thing on your breath. Is prayer unto God. It should be the first thing that you're thinking is prayer unto God. Prayer. And prayer can happen in many ways. When we sing songs, those are songs of prayer. When you read the Bible, it's a conversation. It's talking to God. It's conversation with God. If prayer is a conversation, the word of God is God's language. He has given you a conversation. He's talking to you and you converse with him when you read God's word. When you give praise report to somebody, when you tell what God's doing, you are actually praying. Praise is a root of prayer, of celebrating who God is. Praise. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 19 says these words. Look at this. Never stop. Say it with me. Never stop praying. And the last one I want to give you is this. If you want To get off that carousel this morning and break free from the patterns that are controlling you in your life. Your prayers cannot be too safe. But oftentimes our prayers are too safe. They're too safe. And here is prayers that are too safe. We catch ourselves, God, just comfort, protect, bless, keep us. God, just... Provide for us, God, do our finances, God, give us more money, God, take care, of, make our lives comfortable, God, make our lives safe, God, make our lives, and that's what we catch our prayers being about. God, we want that, we want, no, 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 I'm telling you something, I want you to write this down. Safe prayers do not experience supernatural results. And if you want to experience supernatural results in your life, you got to start praying unsafe prayers you got to start praying, God, whatever it takes, God, wherever you want me to go, God, however you want me to do it, God, if you want me to give that job up, God, if you want me to launch out in this business, God, if you want me to begin to change my habits and the way I do things, God, I will do whatever. God, if you want me to go on a fast, and I'm going to fast for the next 21 days, water only, I will do whatever, God, but God, I don't want to stay in my comfort zone on the carousel round of life in this pattern going around and round, repeating the same thing over and over and over again. No, God, you're a God of adventure. God, you're a God of power. God, you're a God of miracles, and I'm going to expect God to do the miraculous, and so therefore, I've got to pray unsafe prayers. Let me give you an example of this. When Shannon and I first started dating, and we kind of got serious about this thing, and then we began to talk about marriage, and we began to, one of the things we began to pray is unsafe prayers. I remember sitting in a parking lot outside of Kerr Drummond, and us praying, God, wherever you want to take us, whatever you want us to do, wherever you want us to go, we'd be willing If you want to give us, uh, give give up jobs to go start a church in our living room with three people, we didn't know that that was going to, but we were just praying that big prayer in advance. God, we will do whatever. Unsafe prayers. We'll see miracles, the supernatural in your life. Unsafe prayers. Show a picture here. These are kids. (laughs) When I first started talking about Love OKC and going out painting homes and some of the uh, difficult areas of the Oklahoma City air, metro area, people begin to say that's not very safe. It's not safe to put kids on ladders up 20 feet in the air, painting homes. It's not safe getting on roofs. It's not safe doing these things. And then what about landowners? What about people suing you? What about uh, liability? What about all these things? And I heard all of that, but here's what I also heard. I heard God saying, "Pray unsafe prayers." Pray prayers that will rally hundreds of students together to see lives change. This past week, 15 homes were impacted. Homeowners' lives were changed. But here's, go to the next picture. The next picture. And the next one. Those same students come in and they begin to pray the same prayers that I prayed when I was that age. And I'm still praying today. You know what they're praying? They're saying, God, you're awesome. God, no small prayers. God, no sporadic prayers. God, I'm not going to pray safe prayers. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And that's how you raise a generation that changes the world. That's the way you have a church that changes the world. Let us not be a church that prays safe prayers that prays unsafe prayers.